For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, September 28th, 2022. This is the Hurricane Ian episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to go around the room and introduce our interesting cast of characters here. I'm going to start with the Minister of Truth from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Mr. Rob, how are you, sir? Good, good, good. Good Good, to be here. Good, good. Awesome. Glad to have you, man. Another good night tonight. And a man who is destined... To go through a barber shop window, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. How are you, Bubba? I'm doing well, my friends. Another I day. should also add to that starting vacation tonight, Jason. Yes, sir. I am officially on vacation until when do I go back to work? Wednesday. So, um, yeah. So officially on vacation. We're going down to Atlanta with uh, Ian's progress, and unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword as we watch Hurricane Ian's progress as he makes his way up through the middle of Florida and slowly goes east. I'm like, oh, good, he's going east. He's further away from Atlanta and further away from Atlanta and closer to DJ's house and closer to DJ's house. Absolutely so, closer to sorry, DJ's man. house, unfortunately. <laughs> your, uh, your, lo- your loss is my gain. Yeah, this storm has been wild, man, because we were originally looking at it. It was looking at making landfall around Tampa and then cutting across the state. Then they had it going more north, and then it was, like, supposed to be here by, you know, already, which, I mean, it's starting, it's made landfall on the West Coast already. Like, they're already, they've been taking a pounding over there for hours. We're starting to see the winds pick up a little bit here. We had a couple good squalls of rain. Like, I'll post some video on my Twitter account later. You can check that out, uh, at the Mindless Pod. I'll, we had some, we've got drainage ditches all around the house, and you can just see the water flowing from how much rain we've got. I'll post those videos a little bit later on. They should be up by the time this podcast is up. But, you know, it's it's um, interesting because, you know, it, it was supposed to be, like, out of here by the end of the day today. And then the son of a bitch just slowed down. I think the last update at 5 o'clock, it was literally crawling at 8 miles an hour. That was still a Category 4 hurricane with winds. Uh, I think the winds had they had downgraded the winds a little bit to 140 miles an hour. But at one point, it was almost a Cat 5. Like, I forget. I think it's 157 and above is considered a Cat 5. And it was like at 149 or 150 mile an hour uh, sustained winds. So with gusts going even higher than that. So this was and it was a huge it's a huge storm. So, you know, the, almost the entirety of Florida is going to feel something from it, even if it's not the parts that get the most damage. Where I'm at in Brevard County, we're looking to get the northeastern corner, which is high winds, a bit of rain. And uh, as it goes offshore, 
it sucks the water back in. We get a lot of storm surge on the coast. So it's going to be it's going to be a rough night. Uh, it's about seven o'clock now. We're supposed to start getting ugly here at about 11 or 12. No word on what we took the day off. Technically, looking at the weather, we probably could have worked today because it really hasn't been terrible. Like at one point, I even went into the office to go check on the building, I think at about noon. So it really at that point, there was quite a bit of water. And we had a couple of good squalls of rain going in there, but all in all, it wasn't too ugly. The ugly is coming, uh, which is you know why I'm glad we were able to record tonight because at some point we're probably going to lose power. So after that awesome pause, um, <laughs> Jason, I hope that uh, nothing is ugly and uh, you know you guys are able to get to Atlanta and have a completely like incident-free vacation because you guys deserve it i'm hoping man uh as long as i get to go to the coca-cola you know hall of fame or you know the world of coca-cola uh i actually will it uh percentage chances are going up as the uh the weekend crawls closer that we might actually see our friend atlanta dave oh very nice very oh, nice yeah Dave's good people man yeah yeah, Dave is one of the best. So on the uh, the IWC, so yeah, he's one of the he's one of the good brothers. Yes. Yeah, definitely one of the good brothers. So hopefully I uh, can snag a snag a Triple H photo with him. Do the point. Yeah. Got the point. You got to do the got point. You got to do the point at arm at Dave, man. Yeah, that's well. I mean, that's that's what you do when you meet any other wrestling fan. You do the point. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. So as we get moving this week, I've uh, been kind of a wild and crazy couple of days, like about a week or so with, uh, you know, pro wrestling. Uh, most notable, we're going to start off here with the debut, not only of Soraya, formerly known as Paige in WWE. Uh, she debuted for AEW last Wednesday. Uh, interesting to see her show up there since she was released from WWE. And I don't even know if it was like a release or whether her contract just expired and nobody renewed. Obviously, Soraya, with you know a horrible neck injury, had to retire at a very young age and has been just kind of doing like public relation work for WWE for the last four or five years. Obviously, she's been very vocal about wanting to wrestle again and WWE and their wellness policy. And, you know, they just she just never got the clearance. There's some question in the air as to whether or not she got that clearance. But once you leave the E, you're not subject to their rules anymore. And if she wants to go work an indie show, she's taking her life in her own hands or health and safety in her own hands. So it's up to her. AEW snatched her up pretty quick. Um, no surprise there. And as a, if nothing else, for face value, she's a good pickup. What, Jason? What do you think? So I was watching it live, and um, she came. It was a women's multi-tag match. Um, they, Britt Baker and her cohorts, and then um, some other folks, and she comes out and they all act the heels all act shocked oh my god it's you know it's whatever it's it's it's, it's saray yeah it's her it's saray oh my goodness and saray walks to the ring she gets in the ring the girls get out of the ring and they're acting like they've seen a ghost and they're just like oh my god what are we gonna do and they're like and they you know beat feet and saray just smiles and waves and that's pretty much it so all of us, you know, have a lot of questions um, that will be answered tonight as we record on Wednesday night. Um, so we'll see to that. But <clears throat> so 
first and foremost, I just go in kayfabe. Why are these? Why are Britt Baker and the the Funky Bunch even remotely scared of this girl? It's not like Brock in kayfabe. Explain this to me. Explain this to me like I'm five. That someone who in, I mean, with they how they play it loose and with kayfabe and stuff. This girl who's been retired forever and has a you know a stack of rubber bands in her neck scare off Britt Baker and you know the rest of her crew. Come on. But anyway, we also took that. I personally took that as a good sign because, oh good, they're not fighting her. Maybe she's just here as a manager, which would ease a lot of any uh, trepidation that I would have um, with her health history and AEW's lack of, you know, care in that department. Safety. So, yeah, lack of safety. We'll leave it at that. So, and then she appeared on the roster page with a win-loss record, obviously, of 0-0 that may or may not mean anything. Um, that's, you know, because a lot of people do show up on that page and then get taken out and then or show up and they never have a loss or they, the record never moves because they don't wrestle. Um, yeah, so it was it was just a very interesting experience uh, to watch that ha- unfold, both in kayfabe and, you know, with the real-life implications that are there. Rob, you got any thoughts here, Bubba? Yeah, all right, so I was watching it too, actually. And so... Yeah, so she comes out there um, after the well, because the the four way match ended, and it it kind of ended the thud basically, <laughs> um, and but then so Britt and her cronies start stomping out with the Tony Storm was it, and yeah. and then so then out comes Soraya, and again she comes out by herself with no weapons or anything. And you know, and then like Jason, they all scattered. I'm like, okay, they just ran. Alright. Uh, it's worth noting she did have the cool metal spikies on her shoulder. Oh yeah, yes, yes. That um, does so, intimidation factor. And so I, so and of course I immediately thought, you know, there's a certain tennis racket wielding former wrestling manager who probably was going ballistic at the sight of that. Okay. <laughs> and I can hear his voice in my head as we speak. Like, what are they running for? What are they running for? You know, I mean, I mean, She's one fucking person. Yeah, right. I mean, um, right. Like, I get it. If it was after a match in, like, Charlotte or, I don't know, Rhea Ripley or something like that. They're like, all right, we're tired, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, like, I don't know. It well, was it's just well, it's just, or if you're going to do the, the one person coming out against three, you got to get in the ring and, like, take them out. Like, Edge did that Monday night. He he charged the ring, and, you know, they came at him, and he took them out one at a time. Right? Right. But, Soraya you know, comes to the ring like, hey, guys, what's up? Like, oh, let's yeah. get out of here. You know. Hey, look, I'm here. I showed up. I'm you on know, TV again. It was cool to see her absorb the, the, the applause and the cheers and everything from the crowd. But it was so nonchalant when you watch her come down to the ring. Right, like I mean, there, there's no, um, and certain people could pull that off. Like Brock Lesnar could pull that off because everyone, right? Uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know. Yeah, but they ran for her like she was the police. 
Yeah, there was like no energy to the whole thing, but they're scattering. <laughs> right. Um, it was a DJ, good noting and awesome. Good for that girl that just that she got that moment. I, yeah, yeah. What happens next happens, and whatever, that's not on me, it's on other people. But for that girl, for all the crap she's gone through, just to have that one moment, which what and the audience did pop for her. Props to the audience, they went banana land. So, yeah, and um, my man. So, my guess is that she is going to wrestle, maybe not right away. Um, she reportedly signed a three year contract with them. So, yeah, I think she, she is. I, I, I'm assuming that she is going to wrestle. Um, I'm hoping that they don't rush it and. Keep her away from Sammy Guevara and Taya. No, well, yeah. Um, Keep her far. I get, that's the whole thing with me, and I, I'll get into this one. I didn't mean to cut you off, Rob. How could you watch that? And that's just one of a laundry list of things in that company. How could you, with your neck history, look at that company and say, yeah, that's the place for me? Yeah, um, and then... No, I guess the one. she's seen it all. She's been wrestling. She's, she was 13. She's seen every mud show. She's seen every professional. I mean, she's been at the bottom of the bottom and the top of the top. So, like, yeah, just from your, I don't know. It's very, it's terrifying, honestly. Well, well uh, now, I think it was good that, that she's probably going to end up feuding with Britt because Britt is does not injure people. Um, right. She's she's not one. Of, she's not one of the people who's shown. You know, who is you know. Now she's she's gotten injured a few times herself, right. but um, you know that she's not one to you know to get she's not particularly reckless in there or anything. So I think Britt is the right person to have her go with first. Um, but you know we're kind of just well because look when Edge came back, yeah I was happy and then I was a little scared at the same time. But as time went on and he ex- and he explained what he did, the whole process and all of that, you know, I felt a little more comfortable because then, like, at least, okay, this guy mm-hmm. did everything the right way. Um, you know, I didn't feel that way with Daniel Bryant, <laughs> right? And I think this is more leaning towards that end because, um, you know, because Soraya hasn't given us any, indi- any, any indication that, you know, that she is – one to do all the due diligence about this kind of thing. Okay, so here's the thing with Daniel Bryan. <clears throat> I agree with you, Rob, because again, like we just said about Paige, how can you watch, you know, that company and watch what goes on over there and the people who've gotten hurt and how they've gotten hurt on live television? Like, how can you watch that and go over there with your history? At the same time, Daniel Bryan went to one doctor and another doctor and another doctor and another doctor and then finally went to WWE's doctor and they all gave him the A-OK. They all put him on TV and they all put him in the ring. Okay, so he's at least got that where he knows, okay, I need to change my style. I need to wrestle safer. I can't be doing diving headbutts and all this crap. And I guess whatever happens, whatever I wrestle on the other side of the ring, I'll figure that out when it comes. She doesn't have that cushion. She's just, as far as we know, anyway, fly by night, like, yeah, I guess I think I can wrestle. 
which is utterly terrifying. Because especially consider it's a neck injury. I mean, it's not like you had a bum knee or something like that. Like yeah. we're talking serious consequences if something goes wrong. Well, and not only that, but that last time that she injured herself, and I'm sure you guys saw the clip. It was at a, I think a house show match, like some type of tag team match, and Sasha Banks went to kick her, and her head just whipped. And that was like one of her first matches back after coming back from neck surgery. Right. And so that, you, yeah, that wasn't. Ahead, even, I'm sorry. That, that wasn't even like a serious bump or anything either. No, it's all it just it was the right kick the wrong way, and her head whipped, her head snapped. You know, and unfortunately, having a pre-existing injury puts you at higher risk for something else happening. So, you know, when, when I, without knowing how bad her injury really is and without knowing how bad Edge's injury initially was, I feel like to a degree we're comparing apples to oranges. I look at I look at Tommaso Ciampa and he's another one who, you know, had had deck surgery, was questionable as to whether or not he was going to be able to do this again appears to be functioning perfectly normally. I'm sure he's adjusted his style, which is extremely hard for a smash mouth guy like Champa. You know, <clears throat> so I'm sure he's had to do his schedule also kind of lightened a little bit, which right. is perfectly fine. Now that he's on said but that he doesn't may, take Yeah. That may be a, a benefit of uh Soraya going to AEW is that they don't have the same grind schedule that WWE has. You know yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know they they do you know the Monday or the Wednesday show, the Friday show, and then they may have a bit of a road show, but it's definitely not 300 dates a year. It's not 200 dates a year. So if she can minimize the wear and tear on her body, I think she'll be okay. And I think if she wants to work, and if she's gotten enough medical clearance that she's comfortable putting her body on the line, as a guy who was a Page fan. You know, and I, I was a mark for Paige. She was an incredible worker. I dug the goth girl gimmick. Um, I liked everything about her. It, it just, I, it was a shame when I she got her career cut as short as she did, as young as she did. I worry. I, I worry, as like Jason was saying, you know, she's given no indication that she's done her due diligence on seeing multiple doctors and getting multiple doctors to say, yeah, I think you'll be okay to go. Now, that's, at the end of the day, that's not really our business to know. But as a fan of someone, and, and obviously as a human being, not wanting to see somebody get paralyzed or, you know, worse, you want to watch this with some, with your conscience at least somewhat clear, knowing that they at least know what they're doing. And I, unlike Daniel Bryan, unlike Edge, unlike Tommaso Ciampa, like Jason said, I just don't think we have that reassurance that she's not going to get in here in a company that obviously does not take safety first. And God forbid something happened to this girl and she gets in there with somebody who drops her on her head. And then it's it's game over at that point. I can't imagine, you know, Soraya comes back from another neck injury. God forbid yeah. she have one. Yeah. So and, uh, can I, I mean, I know Rob thinks she's going to, I want to present a little bit of positivity in what I think might happen because <laughs> you could also, you, you take it as a good sign that, uh, again, that she ran the heels off. No one touched her. You know, the whole thing. So you can kind of take that as a good sign. And also, I kind of thought of this when I was mentioning that she, you know, she's been doing this for since she was 13. If she was cleared, don't you think she does charge down to the ring and go, yep, let's go, baby. Uh, so just the fact that it happened that way, 
unless they want to be gross and pull a story about like, am I cleared? Am I not cleared? And then all of a sudden she drops somebody and says, I'm cleared. Um, they, they could be gross and be do hold that off for a couple of weeks, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think she would have done the edge. Like, yep. I'm finally able to do this thing that I love freaking doing. I'm going to go do it now. Now, let me just say, um, Kind of, I was Mr. Gloom and Doom there for a bit, um, which, 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 which I know I can be that way sometimes. Um, I do think, look, there, there is definitely a way. To... Sorry, oh. that was the dog. Uh, oh, okay. He just, he did the, the dog did the, and uh, you know, uh, Dr. Peter Venkman, and the flowers are still standing. Yeah, he just did that maneuver. So I think he just broke my uh, charger. No. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Oh, no, it's fine. All right. Sorry. Continue. Okay. I'll mute myself now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Bucky going into business for himself here. But uh, no, there's a way to do this safely. Uh, for one, I mean, you li- one, you absolutely limit her number of dates. For God's sake, don't have her, don't have her wrestling on the YouTube show. That's not necessary. You know, um, you know, the occasional Wednesday and do some pay-per-views. I think if you do that and, <clears throat> you know, don't put her in any, any crazy, you know, stipulation matches. And if you have her in like, you know, if you keep her mainly like to multi-woman matches, tag team stuff, and then, you know, save the one-on-one for, you know, the occasional pay-per-view. Look, this, I think it can work. Um, and just, I mean, just do that, right? Because, I mean, because, and, you know, if you have her out there, well, basically do what they do, do, do with Sting, right? I mean, Sting, he wrestles on TV a few times. He doesn't wrestle on the YouTube shows. He does the pay-per-views and, you know, and stays pretty safe. And, you know, and I think if they if they do that type of thing with her, I think that... You know, some of our fears will prove to be unfounded. Um, and look, look. Um, ultimately, look. We, we hope it works for her because, again, WWE was not going to take her back. And and look, for all our concerns and you know, rightful criticisms of AEW and their how they handle stuff medically, it's still better. It, it's still better than going out and working the mud shows. Where there are just no standards at all. I'll say this, and this is the one area where I have put AEW over before. Um, I may think they're hot garbage, but they've handled Sting to perfection. Like, they really have. They've, they've put him out there just enough. They've used him as an attraction. They've done all the right things by him. If they can do that with Soraya, they may be on to something here with her. So I think... You do what um, 
You do what WWE did with her. Because people forget, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Excuse me. I just put a mouthful in. She was an amazing general manager. Like, I don't know. I thought she was a, the perfect baby face. Call it down the middle. Um, and, at a t- and she was added to the show as a general manager when the whole program needed a traffic cop. And I would tell you that AEW has needed a traffic cop since they decided on the name AEW. Yeah. So that if that's the role and and I yeah, they tried her as a manager, didn't they? With WWE. Yeah, yeah they did. It, it, it it was not but like she managed like, a couple girls and it just did not go over well. Yeah. I feel like that was just a pairing problem. That was just who because I can't even remember who she managed. It was Oscar and Kyrie, and that was like oil and water. Yeah, that yeah, was right you know, at the beginning of the Kabuki water well, Kabuki that Warriors. Was, and it was terrible. That was two people who do not need a manager. They Vince or whoever might have th- thought they need someone to speak English more for them, I guess. Uh, that's, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably what it was. They definitely didn't need it. But again, if you pair her with JC and, uh, and uh, oh my God, uh, Toxic Attraction, JC and Gigi. Gigi. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Um, pair. Instead of Mandy, you had to have her manage them. I'm just saying as an example of people who would pair together better. Right. So find her the right fit in AEW. She could absolutely manage someone or someone's um, because she's a great character actor as far as wrestlers go. Um, And I think she'd be she'd be great in in any role like that. that They put her. Okay, Rob, you got anything to wrap up with uh, Soraya? Nope. Just I mean. For all our talks and concerns and all that, we look. We hope it works out. We hope it's for the you know, hope. Hope that she's able to wrestle actually, because that's what she wants to do. And this is the one place that is going to let her do it. That you know, again, for all our concerns, if she's if WWE is not going to let her wrestle, then that that's probably the best place to be because the alternative would be to be out here doing the mud shows, and we don't want that. So and look, we we hope it works out and. Because best case scenario, you know, she she's able to wrestle. She's able to actually make a difference. And, you know, maybe they get to go on at 830 sometime and not 920 every week. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, that, that that call has to start at the top, Bubba. Yeah, you I know, know that, that that call that has to come from somebody who gives a damn about women's wrestling and who isn't just locking somebody down. Because he doesn't want the other guys to try and get them. And we'll talk about that a little bit here later on. Yeah. Want to get to another uh, debut slash return. Monday Night Raw, Candice LeRae. Mama Wrestling showed up. Glad to see this one, man. Her, I guess her contract ended uh, here recently. And, of course, the speculation and rumors were already people salivating. Is she going to go to AEW? Is she going to go here? Is she going to go there? I never doubted for a minute that Triple H had her on, had her on the hook. Candice LeRae, awesome, incredible talent. It'll be interesting to see where she, how she does on the main roster, given that she was kind of the victim of that uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride down in NXT. Surprisingly, you know, when you look at the legend of Candice LeRae as an indie wrestler, and she was easily one of the hottest women pickup for Triple H and NXT when he signed her, because she was a hot, hot indie, indie talent, just came with a great reputation, great in-ring worker, 
and then never captured the NXT Women's Championship. She came close multiple times. Uh, be interesting to see how her career trajectory on the main roster. Rob, you got any thoughts on Candice? Oh uh, yeah. So it was good to see her back. I figured no, I figured as soon as Johnny showed up that she absolutely was going to be in there as soon as she was ready to go. And it's good. It's definitely good to see her there again. You know, uh, we don't know how she's going to fall into the numbers game, you know, ultimately. And that's going to be what decides it really, um, you know, as far as how far she goes or whatever. Um, she's definitely capable of, you know, going very far. It's just, again, it's, it's just a matter of how the rosters shake out, how stuff, how they, the women get distributed across the two shows and all of that. And, but it's good to see her there. And it looks like, well, she has a match next week with Dakota. And so, you know, looks like she, there's a real good chance she ends up in that war game situation, which of course she's, she's tailor made for that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, Can- Candace yeah. Ray is, is a veteran of the war games match to begin with. Yeah. And to, yeah. When, when you look at her indie matches and when, what she's done in the past. Yeah. Absolutely. Custom made for a war games match. Yeah. For, so our, I don't... for any fans who might not, for any of our listeners who might not be familiar, she's taking thumbtack super kicks to the face. Yes. So Candace LeRae any... is a double tough lady, man. Make no mistake. She might be an itty bitty little nothing to look at, but she is double tough, brother. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the pix- uh, the dark pixie or whatever she is now, the pint size pixie, that, that is, that might be a misnomer. Yeah. yeah. And look, I don't think it's a coincidence that 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 she makes her debut when War Games is around the corner. I don't think that's a coincidence. No. No. <laughs> Honestly, I will make a declarative statement. It is Wednesday, September 28th at 7:33 p.m. Candice LeRae <laughs> will be in the Women's War Games match when I am there in November. Yeah, absolutely. However it shakes out, she will be in the match. Yes. All right. so, but yeah, good to see Candace. It was awesome. Yeah, what'll be interesting though is going to be like Rob said, the numbers game. You know, we've talked about this before with any talent, whether it's men, whether it's women, but particularly with the women, because even with WWE, who has made great strides and improvements in women's wrestling, they still do not get as much time as the men. And we're talking about between Raw and SmackDown, a notwithstanding commercial breaks, a total of five hours worth of programming that is very limited, and we still have several several women in NXT who could move up tomorrow. The question is, who sits down? You know, and we've asked this question on this show multiple times as we talk about this, and we'll probably wrap back around this multiple times as we continue forward. You know, everybody wants everybody signed. Nobody wants anybody to lose their job, but there's only so much TV time available. And if you want your favorite on TV, understand that one of your other favorites may have to take a seat. So, yeah, And it's entirely possible she came back. I, we have no idea what went into her contract signing. So, you know, everybody was like, oh, she's going to go to EW. She's going to go there. As soon as Johnny's music hit on Monday, it, on that Monday, it was a foregone conclusion that if she ever wants to do this again, she's going to do it in WWE. So there you go. She's back. But who knows? Maybe she was just like, you know what? I want to go to work with my husband. I want to, you know, 
this is what I do for a living. Maybe she's happy just being, hey, I can be an extra body in the War Games match. I can be this. I can be that. I can be your tag team partner. I can be this guy. Um, well, maybe she wants other, to be women's champion. We don't know. The, the other, you know, thing you got to look at is she's a new mom. Uh, right. New mother. I think uh, I think baby wrestling is just almost a year old. Did they just one. say, yeah, one year? I thought they just celebrated the one year birthday. So let's just let's let's pretend. Johnny has signed to Raw. Johnny's on Raw. He's a WWE talent. He's ready to go. He's working Monday nights, may occasionally work the Friday night here and there as storyline allows. And then he's he's definitely working some pay-per-views. Like if Johnny's not on every pay-per-view, he's probably going to be on at least half of them for the year. And then he's also on the road. Does Candice LeRae, a new mom, sign with a different company? And then the two of them have to figure out, okay, what are we doing with baby wrestling? You know, is is Johnny, who's obviously going to be on the road more, going to take the baby with him? Or am I going to be a stay-at-home mom, in air quotes, and, you know, just work Wednesdays or Fridays? You know, at that point, it becomes a family question. And it's very difficult with the type of schedules that wrestlers work and keep to raise a family if you're separated like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... It's probably elementary that she was going to come to do if she again if she was going to wrestle again that it would be there it would make absolutely no sense it'd make no sense for her to voluntarily go over to you know AEW I mean just it, it wouldn't have made any sense so right. good that they you know yeah, that it might it would be the Adam Cole corollary col- 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 how do you say that word corollary 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 thank you. The That's a word I'm not even familiar with. Somebody educate my dumbass because I've never even heard that word. It's the, the like it's the asterisk. It's the, the Adam Cole rule. The Adam Cole. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, where it could be. The only reason I would see that is she wants to go hang out with her other friends for a couple of years. She wants to make some memories with those friends. Other than that, I do not see any reason for her to pick that place. For those of you that aren't parents in the room. Your life changes when you have a child. You don't get to just go hang out with your friends all the time. <laughs> Suddenly, that child becomes the first and foremost of everything. And anything that you may want to do, you now have to work <laughs> around the fact that you are a parent. So a lot of lifestyle choices have to be made. You can't go hanging out at the bar with your buds every night of the week. You can't just go hang out with your friends and do whatever every night of the week. You've got to make some concessions and... You know, it just, like I said before, it makes just much more sense for the two of them to be working at least within the same company, potentially on the same show, which is what they did. Yeah. So. Which, oh. hey, man, bring back the Mixed Mess Challenge, please, God. <laughs> that was awesome, man. And the, the fact that they only that did it once. That was so much fun. It, it was. was. It was a good time. And your women's roster is stacked at this point. So let's go. And I loved the parents, like Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair. Like, that was great. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Oscar and Miz. Yeah, Uh, that that was so much fun, two of them. Oh, they were hilarious. The two of those, they that was just like separately, they're great sports entertainment. You put the two of them together and it was magic. And and also you put them in an environment where creative and all the big wigs are like, okay, we're taking this about 40% less seriously. So you guys can 
loosen the collars and have a little fun. Go and go they have did fun with this, and they did. Braun and Alexa had a blast doing it. Oh, that was awesome. Like, oh, there yeah. was really good stuff in that mix max challenge. Ooh, I, I don't Gold know whether Dust, Gold Dust and Mandy Rose. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> I wonder if the fact that they did it like a Facebook exclusive kind of. Oh, because they, they got paid for it. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, they got paid for it. But I just wonder if a lot of people didn't watch because I didn't watch it on there. I mean, I picked it up on secondhand areas to go ahead and watch it. I sure didn't. I sure as hell didn't watch it on Facebook. I just spent a lot of a lot of real quality time on Facebook anyway. But and I remember when they first announced it, I'm like, I ain't watching that on Facebook. If it shows up on the network, I'll watch it. But. I think so, it eventually did. It now is on the on the WWE cock. Yeah. yeah. So, so why don't we talk? Let's talk Goldberg. Goldberg, twenty five years being celebrated this week since the debut of Bill Goldberg. And man, I got to tell you something. I I'm looking at it. WWE's been posting a lot of videos on the social medias. Bill Goldberg historically gets a lot of crap for not being a great worker. But they put up some pretty damn good stuff there, of, uh, you know, from the WWE exclusives celebrating Bill Goldberg. Uh, Jason, you were you were watching WCW around the, the Bill Goldberg initial run, weren't you? Oh, and I was I was the perfect age. I was 12, 13. 14. You were the target audience, and that's why I went to you first. What did you think of Goldberg? Goldberg fucking ruled, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> was a firecracker. Freight train come to life. Like it, it, it amazes me still just how we talk about how charisma is not just your way with words and everything. It's just the force of your personality. Darth Vader has charisma without saying a word. It's the same deal. That dude just walks into a wrestling, it walks into any wrestling ring and just owns it. And the, the feats of strength, the, the just, that's it's I'm going to get a little, you know, like Big E here, but that's why I watch wrestling as a kid. You know, I want to see these larger than life titans beat the bag out of each other. And he was Godzilla. It was awesome. All right. Rob, what was your perspective on Goldberg at the time? Man, so it's funny. So I was 23. So I was around that age where, you know, I was supposed to be, you know, you know, a work rate nerd and all of that. And so I, mean, I saw him from his debut. And, and early on, I was like, okay, well, you know, they might have something with this guy. Okay. And then when, when, they, when they just decided to go all the way with it and just said, okay, no, he's just going to kill everybody. Okay. <laughs> and, I mean, that's when it really took off. And it was, look, I mean, again, that's why you watch. That is, yes, that is why you watch this stuff for people like him. Okay. Yes, you can come to appreciate and respect, you know, work rate and all of that stuff. But what makes you stop and watch the wrestling show are people like Bill Goldberg, okay? And, you know, uh, people, like, you might watch his match and then go do something else afterwards, okay? Um, and, again, it was it was everything. It was just... Because, look, I mean, they're big, strong dudes that aren't exciting, right? But he had the intensity. Um, it was the fact he kept, I mean, they have a, a an hour-long video they uploaded on YouTube of every televised match 
of the Goldberg streak. And it's just the finishes, basically, like the last 30 seconds of each one. The video is almost an hour. I watched the whole thing this morning. Okay. I got about 10 or 15 minutes into it before we started recording tonight. I watched the whole thing. I, I, when you <laughs> said to me, I should afterwards. Okay. And I found it. It's there's some incredible stuff in there. I mean, he was picking dudes up. They were 300, 400 pounds. Okay. He picked up the big show. Big show's 500 pounds. He picked him up and hit him with the jackhammer. Okay. It, well, if you don't like that, then please. Straight up. It, it was straight up and down with a stall. It wasn't a long stall, but he still put, got the stall in there. Yes. Okay. It was I'm sorry. up and down. This it, was not this. Oh, just barely get, you know, big show over. Like we see some of the guys. No, that dude was up in the air. They were a combined like 12 or 13 feet tall. Yes. And so look, if, if you're the type of person who looks at that and folds their hands or folds their arms and is like, then please. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> I really don't. Okay. That is why you watch this stuff. That is, I mean, look, that is great. Okay. That that is just outstanding. All right. And um, it's like if you know, if if you watch a Batman movie and you start frowning when when he you know drops into a group of ten bad guys and start beating the shit out of all of them, right? It's the same thing. All right, if you if you're frowning during that, then and if you're frowning during something like Goldberg picking up the big show and, and getting with a jackhammer. Then don't talk to me. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, that that again. This is why you watch this stuff. Okay, and you know, because somebody on Twitter asked a couple days ago, well, you know, why was Sid so over? You know, why was the Ultimate Warrior over like that? And I was like, can't you tell? Right. Why, like, 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 what's there not? What's there to figure out? Okay. <laughs> it is mindless wrestling podcast catchphrase of the nighttime on this show, guys. Collectively now. Who were Goldberg fans? Who understands this shit? Kids and nanas. Nanas kids and, and kids, nanas. baby. Yeah, and, and that's right. And the nanas wanted to watch the big strong man smash the other big strong man, and the kids wanted to see their superhero spear Hulk Hogan in half. Yes, and I mean it's it's that simple. And okay, fine. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't go out there and work a thirty-minute Broadway, you know, with even though I'll I'll say that look. Um, Ron loves 30-minute Broadways. If you're not a fan, if you haven't been listening to this show for any length of period of time, Rob is an absolute fan of 30-minute Broadway <laughs> matches. <laughs> Look, okay, I'm sorry. Look, okay, if you're going more than 30 minutes, it better be 1985, and one person in the match better be the Nature Boy, okay? That, okay, I'm sorry. If, if you're going to go 30 minutes or more, that's what it's got to be, all right? Because um, the Greek could get a 40-minute match out of anybody, all right? <laughs> 27 minutes out of those rest holds. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, he, look, he would stall, he would roll out. I mean, but still, yeah. he could, look, look, Rick, look, Rick could get a good 40 minute match out of damn near anybody and but, milk it for every ounce of heat he could. Yes. Okay. So if if you're going, if it's 40 minutes long, and it, it better like it better be 1985, and it better be in the NWA territory, and the Nature Boy better be one of the people in the matches. Okay. But if if I look at the time and I see like cause new Japan, they put up like a free match every Monday on their YouTube channel. Yeah. And there are times where I just look at the match time. And it's like 37 minutes. I'm like, hell no, I'm not watching that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, and you know, um, but, and look, I mean, if you put bill with the right person, you know, I mean, he could give you 10 good minutes or 15 good minutes. Right. Uh, but it wasn't necessary. I mean, especially not on, on live TV. 
on when you tuned in on live TV, you wanted an execution, okay? Okay, and that's what he went out there and did. And he did it. It was great. Yeah, unless he was in – when it, he became champ and, you know, he was in the main event all the time, it was a little different. But, yeah, when he's just chugging away at that streak, Bubba, if we break, if we break a minute, I'm kind of upset. Yes. Yeah. Just, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you this about the streak. More people remember the streak and most of the stuff that he did in with it than they do the absolute bangers and classics that Rey Mysterio and Psychosis were putting out on the same wrestling broadcast. Exactly. Exactly. And okay, people remember like, you know, you know, people remember Goldberg and the streak and the jackhammer. Okay. It, look, Dean Malenko was an outstanding professional wrestler. Okay. It, they ain't nobody give a damn about no Dean Malenko. All right. Sorry. Okay. Um, but nope. they gave a damn nope. about Goldberg. No football teams are coming out to Dean Malenko's theme song. No. You know? Right. And, and uh, no. And then, and look, and, and that's just the WCW part. When he came back in 2016, right? And, you know, I was kind of skeptical. I was like, well, what's he doing that for? And I thought really they were just going to, I thought they were just going to feed him to Brock because I figured, well, they need, Brock needs to fight somebody and they don't have anybody else right now. So they got Bill to come back and they gave him a check and he said, sure, why not? Um, right. And then, but then when, look, when he came out there and look, and props to Brock for going out there and, and taking the squash, by the way. But yeah, when oh he God, went that out was there, a great piece of business. Yes. That was incredible. And, but. Listen, when he did that, when he laid out Brock like that and was it 30 seconds or whatever, brother, it, in my house, it was 1997 again. 100%. And okay. I wasn't even a big Goldberg fan back in the day. I'll get into that in a minute. Go ahead and finish, Rob. Yeah, I mean, but like, but when that match went like did, I was like, oh, my God, oh, shit. Here we are again. <laughs> you know, and because um, I, mean, I wasn't expecting it, right? Um, I mean, this was the same year where, you know, Brock pulled the whole – not going to work for me, brother, on Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Um, I but then turned around and did the job to Bill Goldberg. Right. Uh, and the well, internet losing shit on that day. Because right. Bill probably never asked, hey, Brock, do you want to take a Sawzall to the head? Yeah, right. And uh, and it was the same year where, they, where people thought he went into business for himself against Randy Orton, right? And, yeah. I mean, um, but... I mean, the way well, they did, I mean, that was. He gets backstage and he's dabbing his, dabbing his forehead off and he goes, Great job, Brock. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, that was just great. That match in 2016 where he came back and then he and Brock had the match at WrestleMania 33. Look, that was one of the best under five minute matches ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you want to, if you want to look at how you do a, a sprint, how you do a short match. And you hit everything, and have a great under five minute match. That was it right there. Um, so even late in his career, he was still pulling out, you know, some hits. And even look last year, you know, he he was looking washed up most of last year, and he and Bobby still did the thing at the Crown Jewel. Right? That was I a mean, great match, and it's rewatchable. Yeah. Like, that match is perfectly serviceable to go back and watch again. That was one of the clips and highlights I was watching earlier today of Goldberg. I'm like, shit, I need to go back and watch that match again because my memory of it was really good. Yeah. yeah. And, 
you know, and so look, that guy is that guy is 100% what sports entertainment is about. Okay. I, look, he, he is why, yes. He's one of the reasons why you watch this stuff, okay? Because because you might see some you might see somebody like him one day. And I mean, okay, and that that's what it is. I mean, even the even if you prefer, you know, work rate this or that or whatever, right? I mean, what what gets people ultimately what what gets most of the people who watch are people like Bill Goldberg, and the fact that, I mean, look, they put up some of these videos that they've uploaded of his. Uh, one of every time Goldberg has returned has almost three million views. Okay. Here we are. This is 25 years later. We're in the year 25 of Bill Goldberg, and he's still got match uploads and videos that are being uploaded. They're doing two and three million views. And it should uh, be noted of that 25 years, he hasn't been a regular talent for 10 of them at least. Probably more than that because, I mean, because, well, he debuted in 97. Um, he left in 2000. He came back in 2003, stayed for a year. So we're talking that's four years combined right there. And then he came back in 2016 and he's, you know, and he worked through early th- this year. So 10 years total over the last 25 years. Yeah. So, so when you, when you talk about when Rob's talking about the numbers and you ask why WWE continues to pay and bring back Bill Goldberg, that's your answer. Yeah. He still draws. He's still a draw 25 years later. And I got to say, from a fan's perspective, from the, as DJ put it, the target audience, yeah, you can probably put a majority of the popularity and explosion of WCW at the feet of the NWO and Sting. The other half of that equation was Bill Bill Goldberg. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you guys, in 1997, I was, you know, just slowly starting to get, I was just getting into the business and I was already, I was a work rate nerd back then. I really was. I was team Bret Hart all day long. I was about make your shit look good. And that was, that was me. That was my mindset at 27, 23, 24 years old was I want work rate wrestling, man. And I didn't get Bill Goldberg. I saw him as counter-programming to Stone Cold Steve Austin, which let's be fair, Aesthetically, Bill Goldberg was counter-programming to Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I, I didn't get it. I, I wasn't here for it. I didn't like it. I was like, this guy stinks. I, I gave him just – I was not here for Bill Goldberg then. When Bill <laughs> Goldberg came to the WWE, I was like, I'm still not here for Bill Goldberg, but let me see what the E can do for him. And I'm still the mentality looking back on 25 years of Bill Goldberg. He had – he checked off all the boxes except for work rate. And, and initially, his promos were terrible. Bill Goldberg got better at promos. He's, again, one of those guys you don't give a stick and say, here, go six minutes. You know, you're like, okay, this is what I need you to say. Get it in and out in a minute or so. And Bill Goldberg's perfectly fine with that type of delivery. And, but say, the th- back, say the thing, Bill. Say the thing. Say the you're thing. You're in text. Great. All right. That's it. <clears throat> um, but one thing I will say about Bill Goldberg, and I even noticed this back in the days when I wasn't a big fan of his, Bill Goldberg sells his ass off. Like, go back and watch his matches. If Bill gets hurt in a ring, he doesn't forget, okay, the guy was working on the shoulder a couple minutes ago. Go to do something. Okay, sell the shoulder. And I specifically remember his match with Diamond Dallas Page. At one point during the match, Goldberg posted himself. 
And, you know, he had Page was in the corner. Goldberg went into rush and do the elbow. Page moved, and, you know, Goldberg posted himself. And he spent the rest of the match selling the shoulder to the point where me, you know, I'm in the business at this point. I've been watching this shit at that point for almost 20 years. He got me. I'm like, did he legit hurt himself here? Like, and, and he just kept selling the arm. And that was the story of the match. Can Goldberg get him up in the jackhammer? And even then, you know, being a smart fan, quote unquote, I didn't get it. I missed it because Goldberg roped me in for that match. He's like, I'm, I'm watching this guy. I'm like, nah, this dude legit hurt himself, I think. You know, and, you know, he got me. It's one of those gotcha moments with Goldberg. And even now, you look at him the way the guy sells. If somebody's been working on something, Bill Goldberg sells that shit all the way to the back. So that's one one positive that I'll, I'll always say. And one thing I've always noticed about him, even when I wasn't a fan, I have the impression that had Bill Goldberg been trained in modern-day NXT, because he was a power, uh, power plant guy, right, Rob? He was a power plant guy, which and the power plant trained some great people. Nothing against the trainers they had there, nothing against the talent they put out. Bill Goldberg was rushed to production. They saw this guy and he checked off every single box. Six foot something, check. Muscle head, check. Good looking dude, check. Powerhouse, check. Explosive, check. He walks in a room and he owns it. The dude just looks like a pro wrestler. You look at him and like that dude's a star just to look at him. So he checked up all the boxes. They rushed him to production and then they put him in a position he wasn't ready for. That's not his fault. Okay. So for anybody who sat on their soapbox, who's never bothered to step foot in a fucking wrestling ring and talk about how bad Bill Goldberg sucks, keep those two things in mind because Bill Goldberg absolutely does not suck. And if you look at some of the matches that WWE's put out there, Bill Goldberg had an arsenal of wrestling moves that eventually when they whittled him down, he didn't use. But I just watched him against, uh, I forget who the guy was. It was one of the big 400-pounders that he jackhammered. He did a spinning heel kick. You know, in another match, Mm -hmm. I think it was against the Barbarian, he did a drop kick. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff out there that, yeah, Bill Goldberg did a drop kick. Actually, I saw a couple different matches where he did one, and it wasn't a half-bad-looking drop kick. But you watch those matches, and it's very obvious that, somebody else's quarterbacking but there was such a diamond in the rough with bill goldberg and i think had he had more extensive in-ring training we would be having a much different discussion about the career of bill goldberg from a work rate aspect uh in 2022 than we are currently having and there's still a lot of people who just don't get it are still complaining about bill bill goldberg because he wasn't quote unquote a work rate wrestler and I think that's tragic because you're missing the point of this entire this entire thing. Yeah, way more athletic than you remember, by the way. Don't oh, judge yeah. him by his current stuff, like what you've seen in the last couple of years. That dude could, you know, jump. Oh. That dude could fly. That dude Goldberg could. Goldberg was um, a hell of an. I mean, he's still a hell of an mm-hmm. athlete for a guy in his mid fifties. You know, yeah. let's let's be yeah. perfectly clear here. This guy's closer to sixty than he is fifty, and the guy's still a, a, an elite athlete in his age group. But back right. in 1997, 1998, Bill Goldberg, as an athlete, was damn near untouchable. Oh, he was a freak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he absolutely was. So, yeah. And, and uh, just on another note, I mean, if if you're concerned at all about, you know, the the contracts and whatnot that these folks have to deal with, you know, Bill Goldberg is another guy because he was coming from the NFL, you know, uh, he didn't get taken for a ride on his contracts. Uh, and he, you know, Lex Luger was another one, right? And 
those, you know, guys like them got a lot of crap for not loving the business or whatever, or you're only there because the football thing didn't work out. And those guys just because they, you know, they negotiated things differently contract wise, you know, kind of indirectly made some things better for their coworkers. Right. I mean, that's true. Yeah, you know, I mean, and because Tony Giovanni has said that directly about Lex Luger, that you know, because you know, you know, the way Luger went about negotiating, that some of the boys ended up benefiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, you should want it's it's you're better off when when some people who have done contracts, you know, with people outside of the wrestling business. You know, get in those rooms. It, it, it's better for everybody all around. Okay, it, it's better to have some people there who have not just only dealt with you know, carny wrestling promoters, right? Um, because they just go about things differently, and you know, everybody in that locker room could learn. Just could you know, stand to watch people like Bill Goldberg, people like Lex Luger, who come in with a different mentality and a different mindset and who, you know, and who, you know, look, don't get taken for a ride. Okay. Uh, and you should watch them and learn complaining about that type of process are people who clearly do not understand business at all. A boss has a job. That boss's job is to make their company as much money as possible by using the talent that they have. And, and that that job does not include paying your talent as much as possible and minimizing your your income. You know, you're trying to make as much money as you possibly. Whether I don't care whether you work at McDonald's or you work for the WWE, the, the minimum wage, and we can that's a whole other discussion. You know, the minimum wage argument that that is an employer trying to to squeeze as much labor for as little out of pocket expense as humanly possible. And if you don't know how to negotiate better for yourself, or at least have a representative there to negotiate for you, you're going to get taken for a ride. And the wrestling industry being what it is, is absolutely the the leader in that type of shark mentality. Exactly. And so, you, you know, again, if you know, as because a lot of people we know like to pontificate about this stuff on the Twitter timeline and, you know, and all of that, <laughs> If that truly is a concern of yours, then you should absolutely want more. You should want as many. You should want more people in those locker rooms who have have experience negotiating for themselves, and who don't just have experience, you know, dealing with the wrestling business. All right, um, because those people are, you know, they're wiser and they know what to ask for. They know what to say no to, and all of that. And you 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 want some more people in those locker rooms, especially in this day and age where you have so many people who, you know, well, I, I, I was a fan since I was five years old. I wanted to do this since I was five years old. I mean. Unfortunately, a lot of those people grew up to be suckers. And you need some people there who are not that. OK, and who are not so who are not just so you know, dying to be there that they'll take anything you give them. This is how we end up with the hot dog and a handshake mentality, because some of these people are so desperate to be there. I know I was that guy. I was that guy. I worked several shows for free because, hey, 
I'm on the show. You know, I'm doing it for. But mind you, at the, in the Indies, it's a much, much, much smaller level, and you're paying your dues. Um, but at the same time, there were times where they, Cliff would be like, "Hey, man, there's this show in Orlando. You want to go?" I'm like, "Sure, I want to go." He's like, "Well, brother, I can't guarantee the guy can pay you, but you'll get some ring time in. You'll get some experience." I'm like, "Sure, boss, I'll go." You know, because you just love the business. This is what you wanted to do since you were five years old. So, you know, stupid me going out there risking, you know, and the whole environment on that one was a mess because we legitimately could have gotten injured by the fans that night. But (laughs) that's like a whole story, man. That whole thing is like a story. If we have time, I can get into it. But you genuinely do that because you don't know any better. You know, all you know is, hey, I'm going to be a pro wrestler and I'm going to do the stuff like Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage and Ric Flair did. You know, that's what you got. And then, you know, I'm going to be as big as them one day. You you have these, you know, delusions of grandeur and these fantasies in your head. So you just get suckered into taking less than what you're worth and doing stuff that you have no business doing for way less money than what you're worth. Right. Yes, it, I mean that's in any entertainment business, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not that's, just pro wrestling. No, and and but somehow when it comes up in pro wrestling, it seems to be this you know bastion that oh this only happens in the, it's the double talk about it is interesting on the timeline. Yeah, and uh, I guess we should get to that next, shouldn't we? <laughs> oh, double talk? You mean flip flopping on, on on wrestling Twitter? That doesn't happen, Rob. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> Certainly not when uh. All elite wrestling is is involved. Never. Oh man, this is. Well, awesome. I tell you what. Why don't one of you gentlemen take the wheel and uh, lead us into that segment? Well, all right. So where where do we start here? Um. Okay. Well, so a few weeks ago, there were maybe about a month ago now, there were rumors that Malachi Black was asking for his release. And there was the uh, the AEW pay-per-view all out. And as he's leaving the ring and walking to the back, he salutes the crowd. And it's one, it's kind of one of those thanks for everything, guys, kind of salute to, you know, to the crowd. Which, of course, got more people speculating. Like, oh, he must really be leaving. Then there was a rumor that he had actually gotten a conditional release. Which, you know, and we were like, and we were all kind of like, well, what are the conditions? <laughs> and, and, um, and then it even got reported that he had a six-month no-compete clause in his release. And, of course, that all turned out to be bullshit. Um, he debunked all of that, said it's not true, and he is not leaving AEW. He just, he needs to take some time off because that, I mean, he, he ran through a, just a, a litany of, just bad shit that's happened to him in the last couple of years. Um, you can't fault the guy at all for wanting to take some time off. But here, here comes the fun part, right? So dirt, dirt sheet's going to dirt sheet. Yeah, but here comes the fun part. The fun part is now, you know, through the you know the official you know state-run media of AEW, which is the Wrestling Observer. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, you know, Dave and Brian reported that Tony Khan is not giving anybody any releases. He's not really he's not granting anyone their releases. And that led Brian Alvarez to go on this rant about, well, you honor your contract. You signed the contract, you know, and uh, and you, well, well, it wasn't con- just Alvarez, though. 
No, but he he went on this long. He went on a, a yeah, but he went on a long verbal rant about sure. you're on in your contract, and yeah, the the contracts are one sided. Oh well, that's just how it is, and you know, and and all of this stuff, and you know, these are the same people. You know, why won't Vince give these people their releases? They asked for it. Why won't he give it to them? Why won't he let FTR leave? Why won't he give Miro his release? You know, and why won't he give, you know, and it, just earlier this year, why Mustafa won't they? Ali. Yeah, why, yeah. Won't they get, why won't they just let Ali go? He wants to leave. Why won't they just let him go? And, you know, and, um, you know. Yeah, now all of a sudden the shoe's on the other foot. And it's, oh, you should honor your contract. Tony Khan is absolutely in the right. And, you know, that this talent shouldn't hold you hostage. I wonder where we've, we've heard all that before. So, uh, so the next time, so the next time that the big WW, or excuse me, AEW talent gets to the end of their contract, be it, you know, Malachi Black or be it, you know, God forbid, John Moxley, um, they better release at 12.01. They better release some sort of prison break video because if, if you know, if what's good for the goose is good for the gander, apparently. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I want to I want to see, I want to see some prison break videos. Uh, I really do. They, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially for all you guys that have gotten just oodles and oodles of time on AEW TV. You know, since you left the big house and they wouldn't let you wrestle. I, I'm talking to you, Andrade. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's incredible, though, is it's definitely the, the flip-flop of the of the narrative from WWE to AEW. And, you know, we don't have to go too deep into this. But you, got, you guys in the internet wrestling community and more specifically you people in the wrestling media that spearhead all this, pay attention to what you're saying. Like, like, let's have some self-awareness here because you guys sound like absolute clowns when you're telling us that the talent is absolutely in the right and Vince McMahon should let them all go when somebody asks for their release and they say no, but then you go to the other side of the street and it's okay for Tony Khan. Like, do you not, is the self-awareness as to how hypocritical you sound not there? And for you people that follow them and support them and support that type of mentality, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, th- these people are everything that's wrong with not only wrestling media, but wrestling fans. Like, if WWE's name is attached to it, no matter what it is, nine times out of ten, it's a crime. Anybody else does the exact same thing, it's, oh, hey, that that guy's great. And it's it's just disgusting. And let me add something here. Okay, because you people, you don't actually care about these folks. They do no. not. You, no, no, they are chess pieces on a chessboard to you. Okay? And you want them on... Would and this you want them on whichever the side of the board you're sitting on. You want the chess pieces over there on your side of the board. That's all they are to you. You don't care about these people. You don't give a damn about what their careers. You don't give a damn about their lives or whether or not they're happy or not. You really don't give a damn. You just want the people that you like to be working for the right company. And whichever, which, which, whichever one that is for you. Okay. Exactly. I was going to add there. I know we're kind of dumping on Tony here. But this kind of behavior happens on both sides of the street. The street, because I saw some gross stuff from some WWE fans when Soraya showed up. So about hoping how her tenure there would go. I will leave it at that. 
So well, we don't even have to speculate because I yeah. saw some of it too, and I'm no fan of AEW. But you guys are being disgusting as well. Yes. If you're wishing something bad to happen on somebody just because they're not on your favorite wrestling show anymore, and this goes for WWE and AEW fans, you are the wrong type of fan, and I don't even want to interact with you on social media or in public. No. Well said. Perfectly said. Thank you. And, and let me give you an example because you know, we all love Hammerstone, right? Right. From all mm-hmm. from everything he posts on his social media and all that stuff, he seems really happy where he is. Okay. Yep. Well, he, and he, Hammerstone gets it because that dude will like he'll call out talent like and I love following him on Twitter. It was like you know he'll talk because because there's the like, I'm not even gonna get into it. I just like you said, Rob, go ahead and finish. Okay, but he <laughs> appears. To, I mean, from all from all indications, he appears to be happy working in MLW, working the other dates that he works for indie companies and other that. As much as we all would love to see him in a WWE ring, as much as we want to see him there. Okay, if that as long as that man is happy where he is, I would rather him stay there. Yeah. Okay. I will absolutely. I will find a way to watch you wherever you are. Okay. And you know, yeah. Bronson Reed seems to be really happy doing this New Japan stuff. As much I would love it if if Hunter brought him back, I would absolutely love it if Hunter brought him back. But if he does not come back, if he is happy, he seems happy doing the New Japan stuff. If he stays in New Japan, if that's what he does for the rest of his career, as long as he is happy, that is perfectly fine. I will find a way to watch you do your New Japan stuff. Okay, that that's it. Okay, and period in the story. And that's what you should do. If you really care about these people, you will watch them wherever they go, especially now, because you can do that. This isn't 1985, where if somebody leaves the territory, you just don't see them anymore. Right. This isn't that. Okay. All these companies got YouTube channels, or you can find YouTube downloads of the matches that somebody took with a camera in the arena. Okay. You can find matches for all of these people, if they leave your favorite wrestling company and they go somewhere else, you can find where they are. You can find their matches. Okay, you can, you know, Fight TV has all types of indie shows and you can order them for not a whole lot of money. You can find damn near any indie wrestler who you're a fan of. You can pretty much find them on some show on Fight TV almost every weekend. Okay, you can find every last one of these people wherever they work. You should not be stuck on them working for your favorite wrestling company, wherever it is. And that's all this is for a lot of you people. You don't care about these folks. You don't care if they're happy. And, you know, people want Adam Cole to come back. Adam Cole looks very happy where he is. Okay. Right. We may not, we may not like how he's being booked. We may not like this or that. That man is happy where he is. So leave him the hell alone. Well, and to build on your point, Rob. My consumption of, sorry, this, uh, my consumption of AEW went up about 200% when Brian and Cole showed up. Because I was just like, okay, fine. I got to go here to see the guys I like. Oh, well. And, and you that's know, the- as much as we dump on the product, I haven't watched that sh- the whole show and been like, wow, that was terrible. It's wrestling, guys. You'll live through it. Well, And that's the point I was going to make. If your favorite wrestler jumps ship and goes to a show that you don't watch and you don't follow him over there, that's not the show's fault. You know, you can argue, okay, yeah, they're not booking Adam Cole the way I wish they would. He's not on TV all that often. But I take Keith Lee as the example. We have gone on record on this show as being huge, huge supporters of Keith Lee. I was absolutely beside myself when they released him last year. Still scratching my head over that one. I don't get it. I didn't get it then. 
two emergency pods about it. We have we one. Did. You guys had one emergency pod, and then we recorded the next night where we basically had a panic attack all over again. We did. We did a two-night episode on the release of Keith Lee. It was yes. absolutely <laughs> terrible fan behavior on our part. Yes. But this, this, yeah, we love Keith Lee. Yes. It was absolutely terrible fan behavior. But my point here is I didn't follow Keith Lee over to AEW. I don't watch AEW. I don't have regular TV. And I'm not about to pay a streaming, another streaming service, God forbid, so that I can keep up with what's going on with AEW because some of my favorite, you know, some of my favorite wrestlers to watch are over there. That's 100% on me. You know, that's not on Tony Khan. That's not on Triple H. That's on me as a quote-unquote fan of these people. If I don't follow them over there, if I was any bigger of a fan, I would have followed them over there. And that that's the point. You know, don't get in these fans or don't get in these wrestlers' mentions and wish bad things on them because they jumped ship from WWE to AEW and back again. Like when Cody Rhodes came back, there were people out there literally ready to throw a rope around their necks and jump off of a bar stool. Because Cody Rhodes left AEW. Well, if you loved him in AEW, don't you want the best for him? Like as if a fan, loved him, if you loved Cody Rhodes as a fan, yeah, just a fan of Cody Rhodes, the wrestler, and you didn't get goosebumps and like succumbed when he came up that goddamn platform at Wrestle Goddamn Mania. You, you, you're not a fan of the dude. There, there is a gentleman on this very show, on this very show, did a 180-degree turn on Cody Rhodes that night. Hey, his name, his name is Robert Bonnet. Well, right. We have, we have, a, docu- we have a documented video evidence of Rob <laughs> on an eight-minute, now probably not an eight-minute, but a several-minute Cody Rhodes ain't shit rant. Yep. Two weeks prior to Cody Rhodes showing up in WWE, and now all of a sudden it's it's Cody Rhodes is great, you know. So, it was you know, suddenly Dusty's kid had showed back up at WrestleMania, and you know Rob was two seconds away from tears during our recap. Uh, absolutely. Yes. So and that's what this is all about. It's like, King. Can't you just be happy? One that these people are still working. Like as much as I may shit on AEW, I am grateful for the workers that there is a place they can go if they're one never going to make it to WWE, two tried out in WWE and just didn't cut it or just didn't like it or you know just wasn't what they were looking for or vice versa, or three will never go there out of whatever bullshit principle that has been ingrained in them on the indies. So for all these reasons, I am grateful that there is a Game Changer Wrestling, that there is an MLW, that there is an AEW, an Impact. You know, there are places for these people to go and make a fair living for themselves. You know, and and if I want to watch them, I will find an avenue to do so if I'm a big enough fan. And and, and that's the point of this whole thing, not getting up there and wishing career or life-threatening injury on somebody because they left your favorite wrestling program. Because I can assure you, Soraya, the character, is not going to be much different than Paige was on WWE TV because that's Tony's thing. Tony wants to bring what WWE wouldn't bring you to his wrestling program. He wants to give you WWE on AEW. He won't tell you that, but that's what he wants you to see. He wants you to see, oh, WWE wouldn't use Keith Lee. I'll give you Keith Lee. WWE wouldn't give you Aleister Black. Here's Malachi Black. He's essentially the same thing. 
but now he's on my TV program. They're going to do the exact same thing with Soraya. You are going to get Paige on your AEW programming. And if you were a fan of Paige and you liked watching her in WWE, by God, go support her in AEW. Oh, oh, they broke up the Undisputed Era? Uh, I've got some super glue. <laughs> they, they did? Didn't uh, the, the Undisputed Elite? Oh, well, I know, well Fish Fish is an impact now. But so well, what, okay, but still, it's it's so, so yeah. Adam, so Adam that, that's a whole discussion, Mr. Fish is. So, so yeah, it's more of a substitution, I guess. But it's so just Ad, oh, so Adam and Kyle still, split up now. No, Adam and Kyle didn't split up. Oh, they're still together. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. so that's what I'm saying. Like they were the undisputed era in NXT, and yes, I know they're friends and all yeah, that. Good that's stuff, what he, he's just building on my point. He's saying, look. They were here. They split oh, okay. up in, in NXT. Well, you know what? I'll just give them back to you because you guys love that so much. That's what Tony Khan's doing here. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, that correct. Uh, I forgot about fish, but yeah. And and there's let me and let me let me put myself over here for a minute here. Okay. Okay. Look, I, I have paid money for Impact Wrestling pay per views to see Bronson Reed when he was there, and to see Mia Yim as she's been there. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm not just talking here. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, We've got. I've gotten some ML. Uh, not MLW. What was that one? We got GCW show, and then we got a. Uh, we got. Uh, let's see. Oh, I've been bad this year. I've been just WWE. It's kind of aside from a couple of AEW shows. That's I terrible. branched out a little bit. Like uh, I think it was Rob was saying earlier. Fight TV has access to a lot of different indies. Our local indie guy. Uh, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling has his own channel on Fight TV. And uh, Dexter Loomis, on the indies, he was known as Sam Shaw, did a show for him locally uh, recently, right after his release. You bet your ass I got on Fight TV, tuned in and watched it. Because I I love Dexter Loomis. I I don't know what it is about the guy. A lot of people are not real high on Dexter Loomis for whatever reason. I think he's fun. I think the guy looks like a star. There's a lot. There's a lot of good potential there. So of course, when he showed up at my local indie, I couldn't go see the show itself that he was on. But shit, I've got access to it on Fight TV. It's a local indie show. Probably there was probably 30 people in the room watching the guy known as Dexter Loomis beat on a, beat on a couple of local indie towns. Well, let me just say, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling is a fucking awesome name. Oh, it's fucking awesome. But it's it's very it leans very heavily on the old ECW. Um, Type stuff. Like it's very much, it's very much that type of stuff. Um, mm. the, I, I'm not gonna say it's great, but I'm not gonna shit talk my local, uh, my local indie guys. <laughs> it's great that we have a thriving indie promotion here. We have several in the area. This one is like right in my backyard. It's thriving. It's doing. It was doing well at least at the time for an indie show. He's booked a lot of talent. He actually he had uh, he had the Rock and Roll Express on here. Uh, oh, what, nice. what was I telling you guys about a month ago? Yeah. Yeah. He had the Rock and Roll Express here. Unfortunately, I missed that show, but he got them as part of the retirement tour. Oh, That's nice. pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so just, so, you know, again, now more than ever, you you can you can watch these people wherever they go. Right. Yep. You know, Kyrie Sane went back to stardom, right? If you were if you were a big Kyrie Sane fan, then she went back to stardom. You can you can watch her there. Like you don't have to sit around mad because she's not in the WWE anymore, and you don't have to sit around, you know, tweeting, Hunter, call her back, Hunter, bring her back, right? I mean, 
you can watch her where she is. And if he does bring her back one day, okay, fine. But um, but you can see her where she is now if you want to. This she's have pretty much doing the same type of stuff she was doing then. Do either of you know if they have English commentary? Just uh, I have no idea. I've never watched Stardom, so I have no idea that yeah, there's I some people tell you anything about it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, there's some people. I mean, I could, that's the one I could imagine that being a hang up for somebody. But regardless, yes. Well, look, well shoot, look. I mean, um, I mean, I've watched plenty of New Japan with the Japanese commentary, and it's just fine. Like, yeah, I, and I, I feel like for me watching New Japan, I wouldn't need the commentary because I'm watching New Japan for very different reasons than I'm watching WWE. If well, I'm watching New Japan, I'm looking for the work rate shit. Well, yeah, plus, the only, and the only time I've watched it with Japanese commentary was it, it was Wrestle Kingdom. So they get everything. I mean, that's when you appreciate the art of it, but they get everything across by just watching the video packages and then watching the matches. So, well, for me, like with um, when I've watched the three like Japanese commentary, just I, mean, I have no idea what they're saying, but you can just tell by the vocal inflections and how their voices go up and down, and you know, um, that's good enough for me. Uh, but you know, you can again if, if you know if you're if you're a fan of these people now more than ever, you can find them where they are. You yeah. don't, ha- you know, they don't they don't vanish off the face of the earth if they leave your favorite wrestling company. Now that's how it was back in the day. You know, if they left the territory. You didn't see it until it came back. Now that's you know we don't live in that world now, so you shouldn't be treating these folks like they're chess pieces. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm going to get into one quick story from my wrestling time here, real quick, before we go home. Uh, I was telling you guys earlier about my little situation where the guy who trained me and was booking me locally, there was a guy. There was a guy. It's, the guy who trained me, his name was Cliff Anderson. That was his, his uh, working name. And he had a guy working for him. They were tag team. The guy's name was Casey. I think it was Thompson or something like that. Well, Casey was running his own show in Orlando, and it was used. To, it was at this place. It used to be like a like a rave. It was called the the Edge when it was in when I in my partying days. But they had turned it into a, like a country western bar called the. Uh, I don't even know if it's still there anymore. And anybody, the name doesn't matter, but they did like country western music on the inside. And then they actually had like little rodeo stuff on the outside. They had a little pit, and then they had horse riding and stuff like that where you could do. But he booked a wrestling show there one night. And Cliff was like, hey, brother, we got this show. Why don't you go out? I don't think Casey can pay you. I'm like, you know what? I'll go. It ain't a big deal. It's an hour drive for me to go to Orlando and work a wrestling show. And it was interesting enough because that night, that, the show was cool for starters because I didn't work directly with him, but I got to work on the same show as Jerry Lynn. And that was like the the first time I actually got to talk to Jerry Lynn for a little while. Super cool dude. Probably doesn't remember me <laughs> at all. Um, but that night we also met Rob Van Dam. He came, but he lived in the area at the time. And it, this was during his rise in AE or uh, ECW. Um, so I met Rob Van Dam. Rob was pretty cool. But again, I was a six month in green student, and it, Rob Van Dam pretty much treated me like I was a six month in green student. He shook my <laughs> hand, he said, "Hey, brother, what's up?" And then moved on to the next dude in the locker room that he actually knew. Yeah. <laughs> so I, nice. I, I don't begrudge him at all, but that's absolutely one hundred percent how it went down with Rob Van Dam. <laughs> but anyway, so I I actually worked one match as a manager. I was doing the manager Guido thing, and I'd been managing Fast Eddie, the original pizza guy. 
Fast Eddie, the original Fast Eddie pizza delivery guy. I was normally managing him, but since we were in a different territory, they split me up from Eddie because he was in part of the main event. And I'll get to the main event in a minute because it was a clusterfuck. But they had me managing uh, Blackheart Dave Johnson against uh, Al Hardiman. Uh, and, and look up those names because Al Hardiman was a legitimate tough guy. Blackheart Dave Johnson, legitimate tough guy. Both of those guys rest in peace. Um, the two of them had a hardcore match on the outside and why they needed a manager manager for a hardcore match. Now, let me set the stage for my character. I'm Guido, the pizza delivery guy. I'm from New York. We're doing a whole thing. It's a this and that. Yeah, I do my whole spiel in the middle of a redneck country western bar. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, I get out there and I cut this promo and I introduce the What's up? You're saying you weren't the baby face. I was 100% not the baby face, brother. And it gets better as the night goes on. So I get out there and I introduce Dave Johnson because I'm managing Dave Johnson. I get in the ring and I'm trying to go through some of my spiel because it didn't give me a whole lot to say. They're like, yeah, just go out there and, and, you know, get some heat with the crowd and, you know, announce Dave. And I'm like, all right. So I'm a Yankee gimmick. This is two plus two equals four here. I put this together pretty quickly. I'm like, okay, Yankee gimmick, redneck bar. Insult their intelligence. This is smart. <laughs> so <laughs> I get out there I'm from parts unknown, weighing in at about 265 pounds, which is collectively more than the intelligence in this room or the IQ in this room or some shit like that. Blew the absolute roof off the place. This punch crowd is chewing me out. We do our match there, and you know, it was fine. The match was good. I got Dave got a little irritated with me because I guess it's a hardcore match, so there's all kinds of weapons. Well, I guess part of my job as a manager, mind you, I'm only six months in. I'm still learning this shit. Is I'm supposed to be handing my guy weapons to beat the shit out of the other guy. So Dave's young was like, Guido, give me something to hit him with. And the crowd's eating it up. So we did that. The main event, now I need you guys to work with me here on this. The main event with this was a battle royal cage match. Oh, now I'm going to let that hang in the air for a minute. You think yeah, about that. There was, there was a bunkhouse stampede no. like that, and it was it was absolutely it was terrible. <laughs> it was the shit. Oh. It was the shit. <laughs> so I wasn't part of that. Um, so you had like ten or twelve guys in there, and you got guys clapping because the the I the. For those of you who are wondering why the hell these guys are shaking their heads right now, in a battle royal, the idea is to throw your opponent over the top rope and get them out of the ring. In a cage match, to win the cage match, ideally, you're trying to get out of the cage, i.e. climb out over the top of it. So you've just null and voided two different stipulations uh. in the same match. So you've got guys trying to throw each other out of the steel cage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. So it's an absolute clusterfuck. I remember Eddie and I looking at each other like, "The fuck is this?" So Eddie goes out. He does the thing. Why would you climb? Why would you climb? Rather than dudes in all four corners beating each other up. That's the worst part of it. That's the worst (laughs) part of it, Jason. Because there will be these contrived spots where guys climb up and fight at the edge of the cage, and you. And you and you and you you have to climb up to get into place to fight on top of the cage so you can get knocked over and eliminated. Yes. You know who would be the best at that match? The absolute best, either uh, CM Punk or Alistair Black, because they would sit crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring and let the other guys do all the the work and then pick the pick the bones. In, in kayfabe, you would think so. Yeah. Right. So anyway, 
here was the big finish. They had this bouncer that worked for the club that Casey knew. And this guy was like a big Sid Vicious looking beast. Like this was a fucking monster of a man. And so they get down to the finish and it's down to, let me rewind. There was a, a promo cut. There was uh, Casey was the guy booking the show. He was supposed to build some heat about midway through the show with Fast Eddie to build towards the main event. Fast Eddie's the pizza delivery guy. He comes out with full pizza gimmick with like the delivery box. Like, you know, the box they put the pizzas in when they do the home delivery. Yeah. And the funny part about that was Eddie was a shoot pizza delivery driver. Um, that, that was his real job. So he brought his pizza bag with him. They do this gimmick where Casey's cutting his promo. Eddie comes out. They go back and forth. Eddie hits him over the head with the pizza with the pizza bag. Casey cuts. There's blood everywhere, okay, from getting hit with the pizza bag. The best part of it was they gimmicked up the pizza bag because Eddie opened the bag, turned it over, and all these bricks fell out, like legit bricks. They put legit bricks in there. Oh, so, man. <laughs> Casey's <laughs> bleeding everywhere. So there's the heat for the main event, right? We get to the main event. Guys are going out. Guys are doing this. Everything's in. The crowd's just going bananas. It comes down to Casey and Fast Eddie, and somehow by hook or crook, Fast Eddie ends up winning this. So what they're supposed to do was, after eight, Casey gets caught, gets thrown out, Eddie's supposed to parade around the ring. This bouncer is supposed to go down there and confront Eddie. Again, makes no sense from a booking standpoint, but they're trying to put over the hometown boy because these people know this bouncer. He's supposed to go down there. I'm supposed to just rush out real quick, grab Fast Eddie, and bring him back to the back. As I go through the curtain, and I'm going out to mind, this is a redneck bar, and we're, I'm a Yankee gimmick, and the guy the pizza delivery guy in there is a Yankee in this whole thing. These rednecks are throwing fucking beer bottles at the cage. Like, there's legit, ga- legit glass just exploding everywhere. I mean, like on the Blues Brothers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a student, <laughs> man, there was just glass everywhere. And there's supposed to be a moment where I'm supposed to do a face-off with this bouncer. Now, mind you, he's like two feet taller than me. Because he was legit every bit six five six seven, and I maybe top out at five eight. So the dude was like a tower, and, and I didn't weigh nothing. I was like one hundred forty pounds. He's two seventy of all muscle, but I'm supposed to do a face to face with him, right? So as I'm walking out, and he's coming from the cage, and I'm supposed to go out and save fast Eddie. I stop, I do my thing, and all of a sudden, one of the people ringside grabs my jacket and starts dragging me towards the guy. Like there's oh, no. like a barricade. He reaches over, like brother. I'm like, dude, let me go. Dude, let me go. And he's dragging me. And I'm following like, let me the fuck go. And I fucking ripped my arm around and wrenched his hand. for. Dude, I thought we were going to die that night. I fucking collected Eddie. We got the hell up out of there. We collected his paycheck. We got in the car and we ran, man. And it's not as impressive as any Cornette story. But for a a show that I didn't make any goddamn money on. (laughs) Yeah. And just to see, I'll never forget it. I wish we had video of this because this is one of the matches I was in where we never had video. Just to see glass like exploding off of the ring was just just surreal, man. Or off the off the cage was surreal. Because Jason, you ever seen? Did you see Blues Brothers, Jason? Yeah. Okay, because the, the scene where they're in the the redneck bar and they're behind the chicken wire. And yeah. They, yeah, they're throwing yeah. bottles at the. <laughs> it was absolutely like the Blues Brothers, man. It was oh, crazy. God. I just looked at Eddie. I'm like, I am never working another show for Casey again, ever. Oh, and I didn't. Man. I don't even think he nice. ran after that. Yeah, and, and and then of course that was the, the line from that movie. He's like, Oh, what kind of music do y'all like here? Oh, we like both kinds, country and western. <laughs> <laughs> eight seconds bar. Eight seconds was the name of the uh, was the name of the establishment. The eight seconds bar. Eight seconds was the what? name of the establishment. That's a shoot, brother. What does that mean? 
Oh God! I, that's, yeah. Eight seconds was a no, really I, bad Luke Perry movie back in the day. For those of you that are keeping track, oh, it is the, the electric bull thing or something, right? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's actually it's a, a, a oh. horse riding. It's a horse riding. You're supposed to be able to stay on for eight, eight seconds. Okay, all right. I'm like, what? I don't like. I don't even want to go down that road. Yeah, it, like I said, it was a really bad okay, movie yeah. in the '90s with Luke Perry after 90210 ended. Kind of so, kind of like how in Fast and Furious they talk about a ten-second car. You know? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Got gotcha. <laughs> Anyway, that was a walk down memory lane with DJ and my uh, my my very brief wrestling career. <laughs> so I think we can call the go home there. I'm going to wrap back around the room here and say good night and thank you to my co-hosts. First, Jason, sir, awesome time tonight, man. Had a good time. Yeah, this was a good time. Yeah. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, always a pleasure, sir. Had a fun show tonight. Always good to be back. And then, Charlotte, we need you. We need you. <laughs> Rob, hey, Rob hey, seriously hey, misses what? his queen. No, and, and even as stacked as they are right now, I think, uh, Charlotte, please wrap up whatever you're doing and come home. Well, no, I'm Rob, sure, I, I'm Rob sure we can shoehorn Charlotte in there somewhere. Hey, man, at this point... I I ain't exactly against it either. All right. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. You can find me at The Mindless Pod on Twitter. Follow the beard. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out till next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.